with that? Um, he wasn't very good at it, even on the best of days. And on this one, on this case, none of it made a lick of sense. All of the other victims had been found in environments very similar to their homes, which were upper-middle-income to filthy-rich. So far, the abductions had taken place in areas like Bellevue, Mercer Island, West Seattle. You know, the kinds of places where Bill Gates hung out. Nowhere near the south end of Duwamish. The kids were Caucasian, snatched from predominantly upper-income streets, and dumped in upscale neighborhoods. Nothing in the case pointed south. That is, until they found the cab. The one with the bodies. Just like the three other cabs they'd found over the past few months. Dead parents. Missing child. In each of those cases, they had found the child, only hours too late. Would this time be any different? Sure, the killer had left another clue. Actually, another set of clues. Latin symbols, or maybe Norse runes or something else ancient, were scrawled all over the cab's windows. He really wasn't sure, since they all looked Greek to Trey. This time, though, it was like Dars was hit by lightning or a thunderbolt or some other electrifying force that never got close to Trey. Something in those symbols sent Dars heading straight to SP, which again made no sense, since it didn't come anywhere close to the pattern the killer had set up so far. Taking the few steps up to the door, Trey tried to give Prudence another go. You know, just for kicks. Guess you're not feeling the need to call for backup? Dars grabbed the handle of the door and pulled. There was no resistance as it swung open. Guess that's a big fat no, Trey responded. Dars didn't even look his way. Trey could always call for backup on his own, but what exactly would he tell the dispatcher? A bandanaed man looked at me sideways? Oh no, I'm scared. Trey was not making that call. Not again. He didn't mind a little heckling around the bullpen, but getting called Scaredy Cat Keen for a whole month was a bit much. As Dars charged down the hallway, Trey cowboyed up and followed. The one unbroken fluorescent light flickered, casting crazy shadows in front of them. Trey glanced at his partner, seeing Dars's jaw tense. Okay, if Mr. Nothing Phases Me was dressed, this was some serious shiz up ahead. Dars moved without hesitation, seeming to know exactly where he was going, although Trey knew they had never been here before. His partner made a beeline for the stairwell, bypassing the elevator without even glancing at the out-of-order sign falling off its door. They ran up two flights of stairs, Trey trying to clear the corners as his partner continued, heedless of any lurking danger. His intent solely on the clues left by the killer. As they exited the stairwell on the third floor, Dars turned to the right, following the numbers until he got to apartment 333. Even though this hallway looked like nearly every other rundown urban hallway in the city, something felt wrong. Horribly wrong. Trey gulped. He'd felt this way before. The last time they had found a child? Dead. The room riddled with booby traps set up for the first responders. One more time, Dars, Trey pleaded. Can we call for backup, please? In answer, 
Doris placed his hand on the doorknob. Yeah, yeah, I got it, Trey conceded. Traps or no, imminent danger or no, Doris was going in, which meant Trey was going in. Just give me a sec, okay? He rolled his neck from side to side, cracking the vertebrae before taking a wider stance and lifting his gun to eye level. Trey nodded his readiness. Dars turned the knob, opening the door on blackness. He turned to Trey, his gaze intent. Forewarning. But of what? With Dars, you never quite knew. The ball of tension in Trey's gut, already snarled and tangled into a Gordian knot, clamped down. Taking out his flashlight and flipping it on, Dars pierced the darkness with its beam. The light scythed back and forth across the walls of the empty apartment. Not...